right, guys. So here's the deal. I didn't really have plans to come on here tonight and do a podcast. Um, by the time I finished last night's episode, I went to bed and finally got a couple hours of sleep and woke up again, and then I couldn't fall back to sleep. So I was really tired for most of the day. I didn't really think I was going to have enough energy to come in, come to come on here tonight and discuss any news, anything that was going to happen. I thought we were going to possibly save it till maybe Sunday. But then I was wrong. Cody Eakin has been traded to the Winnipeg Jets. The Albatross has been removed off of the collective shoulders of the Vegas Golden Knights. And we must discuss it because now things are going to get a little bit interesting in the next 48 to 72 hours. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you back to Locked On Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Still Friday, February 21st, so two podcasts in one day. I hope you feel special because you all are special in your own special kind of way. I had no idea where I was going with that, but in any event, friends, welcome back. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you joining me here for this episode in which we will discuss the Golden Knights making their second trade in about 48 hours. This one with maybe a little bit late considering when it happened, but, and you know, we, we can discuss it here and there about when Vegas should have traded Cody Egan or, you know, the thought process of actually doing it three days before the trade deadline, but it happened. It happened. And yeah, we now have to move on with it. Uh, we'll discuss the trade in just a matter of moments, but let me get the usual housekeeping items out of the way, especially to all of those who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, in which I do welcome you, as this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. We're more than likely on there. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockdownVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21, or you can send an email to LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com if that suits your fancy, but I do appreciate you being here nonetheless. So, again, did not think anything was really going to happen today. I did. I went about my business, you know, did a little bit of work here. The Golden Knights had an off day, so I didn't really think that they were actually going to do something that was actually noteworthy to them you know, three days ahead of the trade deadline as we get close to the noon Pacific time uh, deadline here on Monday. But then, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and watching TV, and then all of a sudden I look at my phone, and Darren Drager reports that the Golden Knights have traded Cody Eakin to the Winnipeg Jets. He returns to his hometown in exchange for a conditional 2021 fourth-round pick, which could turn into a third-round pick if one of two things happen, if the Jets make the playoffs this year, which currently they hold the first wild card into the West, so good chance that, that might happen. Or two, Cody Eakin re-signs with Winnipeg at the end of the season. He is, an, is obviously, as we all know, an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season as of July 1st. So where do we begin? I, I Again, that's my favorite go-to line. Where do we begin? I guess we will start... With the fact that it took nearly, if I can do the math, I would say about a good 10 months, or no, not 10 months, I'm, I'm already bad at math, a good eight months 
It took about eight months for the Golden Knights to finally trade Cody Eakin. Now, Cody Eakin was a revelation last year to score 22 goals, 41 points altogether, his career best season, and a time where Vegas really needed someone to kind of step up and take over some offensive responsibility. Cody Eakin did that last year. And he scored a big goal in Game 7 against San Jose. And then, of course, we know what happened with 10 minutes to go in the third period. For those who have PTSD about the matter still, again, we will not discuss it. But Cody Eakin, for what he did last year, um, definitely you can make the argument that Eakin deserved at least another year given what he did last year. Now, obviously, most of his production helped when he was on the second line with Max Pacioretty and at the time Alex Tuck, um, or even before Tuck was even on there, but Eakin was playing uh, second line center when Paul Stasny was injured for about two months last year. So Eakin definitely uh, made most of his ice time and he was spectacular for all of last year. But I always thought that if you were going to try and trade anybody to get some cap space to get under the cap when you signed William Carlson to that long-term deal, I don't think the order of which you would trade these players away would start with uh, Eric Halla, then Colin Miller, and then Nikita Gusev, and then finally Cody Eakin. I always thought Cody Eakin, given that $3.85 million cap hit, was always the first to go. Because there was absolutely no guarantee, and that is proven correct at this moment, that Cody Eakin was going to replicate what he did last year. For as much of a breakout season as he had, for as valuable as he was on the penalty kill, for as valuable as he was for the offensive spurts that he had, about 99.9% he was not going to replicate what he did in 2019, and it shows. Uh, I believe it was only about, I think he only has nine or 10 points in 41 games. You know, not the ideal production that you'd want, especially when you have a third line that is absolutely in need of scoring at this current point in time. And Cody Eakin could not get that done, no matter how many players were interchangeable in that third line, whether it was Zekov, Peary, whether Stasny had a little bit of time there, whether it was Tuck, whether it was Glass, you could not get anything out of that third line. And as a result of that, the Golden Knights had to move on. What shocks me in this whole thing is that the Golden Knights were able to get Cody Eakin off their books without retaining salary and still got a draft pick out of it. That, to me, is the biggest win for Kelly McCrimmon out of this whole ordeal. The fact that they were able to not retain the final $3.85 million that Cody Eakin is making this year, the fact that they were able to just dump him off to Winnipeg. Winnipeg had clearly enough salary. I think they had $4.5 million per cap friendly before they made this move. So they clearly had enough room to make this deal happen to just completely absorb Eakin's contract. And the fact that Vegas got a draft pick out of it, and it could turn into a, it is a very good chance that draft pick could turn into a third round pick. That is a huge win. To me, that is a huge victory for the Golden Knights, a huge victory for, um, for uh, Kelly McCrimmon, 
And I do believe that this is a, don't get me wrong. I think this has a chance to work out well for Winnipeg. You get a guy who's returning home. Uh, He can obviously a native Winnipeg uh, resident. You get him back there in his hometown. He might, might kick it up a gear. And I've always thought that one of the more underrated things about Cody Eakin is how he performs in the playoffs. He's always been a solid playoff performer, even dating back to his days in Dallas. So yeah, in the playoffs, who in the world knows what Cody Eakin's going to do? And Cody Eakin was great in the uh, first year in the playoffs for Vegas. So this could definitely turn into something for Winnipeg if they feel that Eakin is a valuable asset that can help him in the playoffs. But for the Golden Knights to get off of that contract, first and foremost, to get off that contract, and then to get a draft pick out of it. And then the big issue that we're about to touch on in a minute, to get more cap space so that they can take on at least another deal or two before the deadline on Monday. Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. So let's let's talk about how this translates into what the Golden Knights can do between now and Monday. Um, give me, actually, you know what, give me one moment while I look up Cap Friendly because I want to make sure I have every single bit of the correct numbers on my screen before we go any further. So the Golden Knights right now, according to Cap Friendly, current cap space that they have, and this is taking into account of the $4.75 million of Alex Tuck's salary that is on LTIR, the Golden Knights now have $6.375 million in current cap space and in deadline cap space. That is obviously huge. Now, the big name that's being thrown around in terms of the Golden Knights to this point is Blackhawks defenseman Eric Gustafson. The Athletic reported that the Golden Knights were going to kick the tires on a potential deal to go after one uh, Gustafson. Uh, he was held out of Chicago's game tonight against Nashville for quote unquote precautionary reasons. Uh, most of the national media has reported that there is no trade in the works at this moment. They just wanted to hold him out and in, in the event that there is. So right now, based on what the athletic is reporting and based on, you know, you add two and two together, Eric Gustafson right now is the top target for the Golden Knights at this current point in time. Now you take a look at Eric Gustafson when it comes to his cap hit, and I do believe that Jesse Granger did have that uh, in his uh, story on why why Gustafson would be a really a good fit for the Golden Knights. And it's not just because Gustafson can quarterback a power play, not he can quarterback a defense, really. He's a good puck mover, all of that. He checks boxes of what the Golden Knights need. But in terms of the cap fit, uh, I believe that the cap hit for this year uh, is $1.2 million. So they could easily take Gustafson onto their books. And when Alex Tuck comes off LTIR, the math still fits out. And even if Vegas has to throw in another player or two, or not, not two, you probably only need to throw one player into the mix. But, you know, you throw in the $1.2 million on the cap hit, and it's only, and Jesse points it out, it's only about 296000 for the remainder of the year. So Vegas can easily absorb that, especially after taking Alec Martinez's uh, full contract, which is at $4 million. And again, they did not retain salary on Martinez's deal to get to that point. So here we go. The Golden Knights move on from Cody Eakin. 
They now have a good abundance of cap space to where if they want to add one more defenseman, they are definitely in the right market to do so. And if it and the target is indeed Eric Gustafson, then I think all signs point to Vegas going after Gustafson and possibly getting a deal done within the next 24, 48 hours. Um, Vegas plays, obviously, tomorrow night against Florida at home, and then they have a game against Anaheim on Sunday night before they come back uh, for Wednesday's big game against Edmonton. But obviously with back-to-back games, you know, anchored by the deadline on Monday, Vegas is going to have to make a move at some point. And whether that means scratching one player, if another player is involved in a deal to send back to Chicago, um, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to source really that Gustafson is for sure to Vegas, but you put two and two together and you no know, Vegas is trying to kick the tires on that then I would have to assume that Vegas and Chicago are indeed working on something and something may have to get done within the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, So that's where the Golden Knights are right now in terms of their cap space and the fact that they were able to get rid of the one Albatross contract that I think has been plaguing them for the last six, seven months and really a, a big reason as to why, you know, the likes of Eric Haller or Nikita Gusev are not on this roster right now. I would have to venture to say that that is a huge victory. And if the, and if the Golden Knights can go ahead and get that second defenseman and, and essentially lock up their decor for the rest of the season, then this is obviously a win-win. Now, one thing I wanted to touch on before we, uh, before we kind of move on with this, uh, obviously with the departure of Cody Eakin, that does leave a hole at third-line center, at least for the moment. Uh, for right now, Chandler Stevenson and Nicholas Waugh are on the third line. Nick Waugh, based on moving Cody Eakin, uh, has definitely, without question, deservingly so, earned a roster spot for the rest of the season. He's played well. He's played hard. Uh, he plays a great 200-foot game. He's got a very solid offensive game, a very good forechecking game from time to time. He has definitely earned a spot on this roster going forward for the remainder of this season. Now where things get a little bit interesting, Stevenson and Wall, you can interchange them at center. And now the Golden Knights decided to call up a 12th forward and they're giving the chance to one Gage Quinney, the Las Vegas native. He will be the very first Nevada born player to play in an NHL game barring any sort of weird idea that Pete DeBoer has to go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen tomorrow, Gage Quinney is going to make his NHL debut tomorrow night for the Golden Knights, and he will be the first Nevada-born player in NHL history when he takes the ice. Um, Quinney has been really solid at development camp the last couple of years. I thought this year he really stood out in terms of his scoring ability and the fact that he's a very quick guy, very good on the forecheck. And, you know, I, you know, I had a couple of conversations with his agent back uh, during training camp and I actually ran into him the other day and we discussed, you know, slightly like, oh, maybe Gage get called up. And I said, you know, with the rash of injuries that they've had and, you know, maybe the trades, maybe it shows up. But, you know, I didn't get any indication from his agent that he was possibly going to be called up for sure going into Saturday's game. But it looks like Quinny is going to get a chance. And that is Terrific news. I've heard he's been doing well in AHL Chicago. I haven't really checked the numbers on him per se, but 
better than throwing, you know, the youngster Lucas Elvin is out there uh, better than getting Brandon Peary out there when you don't know what he's going to do. And definitely, I think better than getting Valentin Zekov out there, because at least when you're throwing a guy who has no NHL experience, you don't have a whole lot of expectations thrown on him, at least for now. Um, so this really is going to be Gage Quinney's chance to see if he can be a mainstay on the roster for the final 20 games. And I think that that's going to be very interesting to see. I, I'm very curious as to where he is slotted in the lineup. I, If I had to guess, if and this is complete speculation, I would probably go Carrier, Stevenson, Waugh on the third line. And then the fourth line would be uh, Quinney, Nosek, Reeves, which... You know, the fact that he's been throwing out for that fourth line, that DeBoer's been throwing that fourth line out there for the better part of, you know, six, seven games, however long it's been, maybe it's a good thing to get the get the kids some uh, some burn there. I could also see Quinney being on the third line just because you don't want to ruin the, uh, you don't want to ruin the momentum you built with that fourth line with Carrier, Nosek, and Reeves, which I can completely understand, but at the same time, if your coaching is as sound as as it seems to be over the last number of games, then I think you can throw anybody in that fourth line. And if you expect him to be, you know, aggressive on the forecheck and try and create some chances offensively, you can afford to have Quinny out there. I don't think it would hurt anybody, especially if it's his first NHL game. You want to throw him out there and see what he can do. And who knows? Maybe at some point, if it doesn't work, then you throw him to the third line. You put Carrier back there and. You throw them right back to the wolves, I guess. Like not not really the Chicago Wolves. I mean, you, you get y'all get what I mean. Y'all y'all get what I mean. Uh, so big big opportunity for one Gage Quinney uh, in his potential NHL debut tomorrow night. Also in that corresponding recall, the Golden Knights have recalled Zach Whitecloud. Um, very interesting to see how that goes. I don't. I would be very shocked, really, if Whitecloud is scratched. I, I honestly do believe that Zach Whitecloud has played his way to more time. The way that he's played since he's been called up, you know, that seven, eight game stretch where he was playing, I think that he is deserving of more time. He hasn't really been egregious. He's been very good in the in the Vegas zone. He's been very good in making smart plays. He's making the quick right plays. You know, he's not going to wow you with his offensive prowess, but he's making the right plays to get the puck out of the zone. And that's really what you need from a good defenseman. You don't need them to be a Brent Burns or an Eric Carlson. You just need them to make smart plays out of the zone. And that's what uh, White Cloud has done to this point. Um, Very interesting to see how that would pan out, because right now that would mean Vegas is carrying eight defensemen and Derek England is likely still going to be the scratch. I'm very interested to see if they're going to keep Martinez on the third pairing with Merrill. If not, then I think, because I don't, I don't know if you want to move, at least for this moment, I don't think you want to keep hold, keep away Holden and Theodore. I think that pairing has been very good and you don't really want to mess with that. So maybe Merrill and Martinez go at it again. Martinez white cloud, I think would be a very solid pairing. Um, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how the, how the pairs shift up tomorrow. Martinez and white cloud, I think would be very fun to watch given, given how well Martinez played on Thursday, carry that momentum over to playing him with the young rookie defenseman that has been playing very well lately. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how that goes. Now, if the Golden Knights do end up getting Gustafson, that is also going to be 
a very interesting conundrum in how Vegas approaches it because then you got to wonder what you're going to do with Holden. You got to do what you're going to do with Merrill. It's going to be very interesting to watch to see how they how that translates. So buckle up for the next 72 hours, guys. It should be a load of fun. A load of fun. So that'll do it, really, for me. I mean, I, I just want to get on here and talk about uh, the trade heard around the world today and uh, also touch on the fact that the Edmonton Oilers lost again. They lost in regulation to the Minnesota Wild 5-3. to three. Jared Spurgeon with a hat trick. You know, cue up uh, Don Cherry, if you will, just to have him say Jared Spurgeon 50 times. That's That's always a great time. But the Wild win, the Oilers lose. The Oilers still have a game in hand. But Vegas can have a has, Vegas has a really good chance to add some more points and pad the lead in the Pacific. Should they get a victory tomorrow night against the Panthers, and then they got again they got to go to Anaheim on Sunday to take on the Ducks in the final game before the deadline for the Golden Knights. Very very big opportunity, especially before Edmonton plays on Wednesday, which right now I think all signs point to Connor McDavid at least returning to the lineup Sunday or returning to the lineup against Vegas on Wednesday. All signs point to a very fun finish in the Pacific Division going forward. And the Golden Knights have a chance to really start some padding in the Pacific Division, especially with Edmonton and Vancouver. If they keep losing, it's, it's going to look very nice for the Golden Knights uh, heading forward. So that's really all I wanted to talk about today, guys. Um, again, two podcasts in one day. You get to hear my voice double. I, I, you know, that that's either good or bad, I suppose. But those are my thoughts on Cody Eakin moving to the Winnipeg Jets. Do you have any thoughts on the trade, or do you have any other thoughts on what Vegas might do leading up to the deadline? Let me know. Let me know either in uh, – you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating. It lets people help find the podcast. lets me know how I'm doing. And also lets me know uh, what you think of me as a host because sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm bad. Depends on the day, I guess. I don't know. If it's a day ending and why, it's kind of eh. I, I guess because I have terrible attempts at sense of humor like that one. Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts on what the Golden Knights should do at the deadline, leave a uh, comment on Apple Podcasts, or uh, you can tweet at Locked On VGK. You can tweet at me at Danny Webster Twenty One. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the deadline coming up. What what you uh, want to see Vegas do, and what they might do in the final seventy two hours leading up to the deadline. So that'll do it for me, guys. Thank you for listening, for downloading, sharing, subscribing. All that jazz, again, short episode, but that's okay. You know, I, I went 40 minutes the other night. I think, I think 20, 25 is good for today. I think it's good. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. We'll be back more than likely. might be back Sunday night to get you ready for the deadline on Monday, and then we'll have an episode on Monday should the Golden Knights do anything at the deadline at noon Pacific time, and we'll be right back here talking about it. So thank you, guys. For listening, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'll see you more than likely on Monday. I had to pause there and be like, yeah, it might, might be on Monday. So I'll see you on Monday. Have a good one.